On this edition of the Scott Radley Show podcast, Jay McQueen, usually the weather guy, but today, commentator on all things of the world, joins me. We talk about Gucci running shoes. Yes, there are such a thing, and you will not believe what they cost. The Mueller report is finally out. What's that going to do? City manager. Has the city already undercut the city manager in her new position? We got speeding tickets. We got the Humboldt sentencing. We got so much stuff. Just grab yourself an Uzo. And relax for an evening of the podcast. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Back for a repeat visit because we love having him here. He's been here a few times. Oh, he's been here roughly 27 million times on the radio. (laughs) But a guy that we love having, uh, who you just heard doing the weather, Jay McQueen. What's going on? We played a little rain there. A little rain. Yeah, yeah coming there's in. A little rain tonight. Uh, no, a little flurries. Little flurries. Little yeah. flurries, but uh, that's fa- not good. Fairly seasonal for the first weekend of uh, spring. We need it to be more than seasonal. Yeah, we need it to be Arizona-like. <laughs> but then you have the whole, you know, people hate it when it goes from snowing to. 25, right? Do they? Because they're like, what? I mean, they act like they do because they're like, where, you know, where'd my spring go, right? You go from winter right into summer and... I am totally okay with going from winter to 40 (laughs) Celsius. Yeah. I mean, if if literally the ice is steaming because it's melting so fast, I'd be fine with that. You're all right with that? I'd be fine with that. I wanted to ask you about this before we jump into some of the serious stuff today. This this actually came across... um, uh, it came across a, an email that I got, and I thought this is this is maybe the greatest thing ever. We all buy running shoes now and again. Yeah. Do you ever buy expensive running shoes, or are you like me? Are you a cheap running shoe guy? Uh, Do you buy like two hundred dollars? Talking about running shoes, you talking about like dress shoes? No, no, running shoes. If you go out and buy a pair of sneakers, yeah, sneakers. Are you buying two hundred dollar Air no. Jordans, or are you buying something you find on sale somewhere that fit and they're comfortable and that's good? Uh, my problem is, is I don't ninety five percent of the things on the on the shoe wall I don't like, so that narrows it down. And hopefully, what I pick is around a hundred bucks, maybe. Um, I just kind of hope that the one that I look at isn't two hundred, and it generally never is. All right, and if you do, not to get too deep into this, because I don't know that anybody really cares about your or mine shoe selections. But when you buy running shoes, what would be the criteria? They would fit. Yeah, they'd be uh, comfortable. Fit comfortable. They look. They, they, they look good. You know, I'm I'm 39, so something that looks age appropriate, more or less. Like here, I've got. So you don't have any of the flashing lights in the heel. No, my kids do, <laughs> but you don't they're have two and four. No wheelies today. <laughs> no. Or heelies, I guess yeah. they were called. All right. Well, the, the reason I bring this up is because this came across my desk today. Gucci has a new pair of running shoes out. Okay. Like Gucci, Gucci. Gucci. Like, I not, not, I don't want to sound like shoes. I'm tickling you, but I mean, yeah, Gucci, the yeah. store is, uh, they have a new pair of running shoes out that you can purchase. And y- you can see it right now on the computer screen. They're white leather sides, kind of, with the, with a piece of what looks like canvas, three colors across. I, they look like, honestly, they look like running shoes you would buy for 30 bucks. Oh, yeah. At a store. Yeah. They're, they don't look fancy. And to make things better, more Gucci-like, I guess, they come pre-distressed. I thought they looked... So they're supposed to have a kind of a well-worn <laughs> look to them, like they've been around a bit. Yeah. Guess how much this pair of Gucci running shoes are that I, as I say, I think this would be a $35 pair of running shoes at the store, yeah. less because they're already worn. What well, do you think they would go for? $149.99. Let me scroll down here. 
in U.S. dollars, $870. It looks like you're buying a used pair of shoes. It looks like you've gone to the lost and found bin and found a pair that kind of fit and you went, I'll take those. Eight hundred. My question is this for the people. I guess some people just have more money than brains or too much money. They don't know what to do with it. My problem is who buys running shoes and is too lazy or too inactive to even break them in and distress them yourself? Why do you need them to come (laughs) pre-distressed? Yeah. Isn't the whole point of running shoes that you wear them and they get distressed? Yeah. You, you know, you put your own kind of mark on them, right? But this is like somebody's they've done it for you already. You've taken the fun out of it. It's like they've probably got a team of, I don't know, homeless people at Gucci. They pay minimum wage to, and they say, walk around in our shoes <laughs> in this dirt floor for half an hour. and We'll pay you minimum wage for an hour. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, that is the weirdest thing. I mean, I, I get, I get leather shoes that you might have that look that's kind of distressed or, you know. But how uh, much would you pay for those even? Not 807. No, I mean. Eight, and this is US. So that's like $1,100 Canadian, give or take. And the worst part, Jay, is that if you slide down here, I have to find out where the other one was. There are other models of it, but there are there is a, an alternative style, if I can find it, that is $1,700. It's got some sort of fancier distressed material on it. Who has that kind of money? The only thing I would ever pay $800 for would be those self-lacing moon boots that Marty McFly wore <laughs> in Back to the Future yeah, 2. Maybe. maybe they, I we could... still don't have those, do we? Uh, not, in, not in circulation. No. Somebody may own a pair, but certainly not those, that I've seen people wearing around. I, I'd, uh, you know, fork with out a, With a hoverboard. Yeah, If exactly. it came with a hoverboard, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I don't know that a lot of people paid 870 bucks for their first car. Uh, no, exactly. And that was already distressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you paid 870 for a car, someone had distressed <laughs> it, I guarantee it. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. We, uh, we just on the way into the studio today got the report that the, or got the news that the Mueller report has been handed in. This is the, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you know what the Mueller report is, everyone. This is the two-year investigation that Robert Mueller has been doing into whether or not there was Russian interference in the U.S. election. It is the it is the theme, the plot, the whatever you want to call it, that Democrats have hung their hat on, that Trump is an illegitimate president. It is the thing that the Republicans are saying, no, there's nothing to this, and it's been a giant witch hunt. Uh, this report, therefore is going to carry an awful lot of significance, Jake, because it's mm-hmm. both sides have hung their hat firmly on the outcome of this report. Yeah. And we don't know anything about it right now. There are no leaks. There's no information. I would, if, from the time we've been here, I've been scouring everything. There's nothing to tell us anything that's in this. We don't know if it's good news, if it's bad news. And I mean, when I say good or bad, depending on which side of the Political alia. We have no idea what this thing is. Here's what I don't understand. When do you... Let me back up. If you had a report that was going to shake the foundations of society and have a bombshell so massive that you could potentially be talking about toppling a president, do you put that in... Do you submit that at five o'clock on a Friday afternoon? That's usually a time when you're burying something. Yeah, that's, uh, 
that's for you know that's <laughs> companies announcing massive layoffs and stuff yeah or something that they don't like to admit but they're coming out and you know they have to do it and it's one of those necessary evils then yeah you bury it at five five o'clock on a Friday afternoon and uh, you know and you hope that people just go about their weekend and they don't hear about it and then that's it if it's something that you know you really want to get traction on then you know you hope so, Monday morning yeah, at night. Monday morning and mon- Monday midday, that kind of thing. I-, I guess the thing about it is, is so now, now they've they've got to decide what's going to be released. I think. Yeah. And, and so maybe that's the whole. Maybe it's just hey, I happen to finish it. It's five o'clock on a Friday, but it doesn't matter because we're not, you know, we're not going to really release anything now yeah. anyway. So I mean, that's the only be. thing that it could be because it could be that okay, it's going to take a few days for this thing to get whittled down and for yeah. the attorney general to go through it and write his own report. And so if we do it on a Friday, he has all weekend, and then Monday the news comes out. Could be. I just find it weird, and I don't know why. I don't know what it means. I just find it weird that after two years of investigating, he could have he literally could have submitted this any time. Yeah. Anytime and right on, and I'm not saying like five-ish. He was at the door apparently at five o'clock handing this in. It is the time that is the weirdest time to do this. Yeah. Unless it was like Sunday at midnight or something. Yeah. Maybe he was going, you know, he's... He's got a weekend plans? Yeah. He's going, <laughs> <laughs> he's checking into a, you know, a red roof inn somewhere <laughs> next to a Tops I, or a Target. I, I just don't understand. That that to me is weird. And and when we're all trying to predict what this thing is going to say and we don't know, that that is an odd thing about it. The other part of this that I find really interesting, intriguing, and this is going to be talked about endlessly now, let's play the two sides of this result of this thing. Let us say that he comes out with a conclusion that Donald Trump or people close to Donald Trump conspired with Russians to rig the election. What happens? <laughs> well, the initial thing is crap. That, crap. I mean, crap yeah. flies. Yeah, you get yeah. You have a constitutional crisis in the states. Probably mm-hmm. you have probably calls by Monday morning or within five minutes of this yeah. thing being released for an impeachment and whatever else. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. What happens if, on the other hand, the report says, you know, we've looked into it, we may have suspicions, but there's nothing that we can prove here. There is no provable connection between any of this. What happens then? Do the Democrats say, okay, Mueller says there was nothing there, we're going to move on? Because I don't think that happens. Yeah, I yeah, it's been such a dog and pony show for the last couple of years, like you said, and, and you know, uh, if, if it comes out that Trump is, you know, they're pointing the finger there, then, you know, of course, he's going to be tweeting in all caps and, and just, you know, the rhetoric, rhetoric will be nonstop and, you know, you won't, nobody will believe any of it. And, and then, but if it's on the other side, then yeah, like the Democrats... They've hung their hats on this for two years. and For them, this has to be a case where he has been involved with the Russians. Yeah. They have to, because yeah. otherwise everything that they've talked about for two years is yeah. a waste of breath and false. Oh, absolutely. And he yeah. is now he is now emboldened that everything they have said is fake news. So don't believe anything the Democrats ever say again or the media mm-hmm. ever says again. Yeah. What you have here is a... I mean, I, look, I don't know, I have, as I said, I have no idea where this is going to go. No. Nobody does. I've been trying to find anybody who has any information. There is none. No, Robert Wiki, Mueller no knows. WikiLeaks? Huh. Robert Mueller knows. 
I guess his staff knows. Mm-hmm. The attorney general maybe by now knows. Maybe he hasn't even got through the bullet points yet. I don't yeah. know. The other thing that came out of this that was uh, I find very interesting, and it's because of a um, there's a process here which I don't completely understand. But this uh, from CBS News, which I find really interesting, and this is what we alluded to just before the break. A senior Justice Department official has told CBS News Mueller is not recommending any further indictments. That to me is, I don't know what that means, but it strikes me as unless this report says Donald Trump personally dealt with Vladimir Putin or someone and personally arranged for Russian involvement and personally handled all this kind of stuff. If no further indictments are involved, I don't know what that means, but I, and I find it hard to believe that that would have been the case. When you're running for president, you don't have, you know, whoever the, pre- the candidate is, you don't have time to be doing all this kind of stuff and running the websites and doing all this. <laughs> so you would think that if, in fact, Donald Trump had done something like this with the Russians, someone had to have helped him. Yeah, for him to do it all alone would be, you know, I be hard to believe that. So, so the fact that be no a, one else is going to be indicted, I don't know what that means. Is, I mean, for a 675-day investigation and for, you know, as as uh, um, steadfast as both sides were, you know, there's there's got to be, there's got to be some, you want there to be some meat on the bones to this, right? And so- Well, it depends which side you're on. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but you know what? No, I think, I think that's fair because even if you are a Republican in this one, you want the meat on the bone because look, now you can say, theoretically, if it turns out that he says there was no orchestrated Russian collusion that I can find, you mm-hmm. want to be able to say he spent 675 days with unlimited resources investigating and turning over every rock. What more do you want? There's nothing there. Yeah. You, you don't want there to be a gray area and then it's like, well, let's, let's do another one, you know. Uh, or, or where it just remains hanging in the air leading into an election. Yeah. So you would hope that one way or another, you would hope that one way or another, in short order, we will have an answer. Now, do you think, though, that this is going to in any way, and we kind of get to what we were saying before, but do you think in any way this is going to settle politics down in the States if once this... I don't. No, I mean, I think it's just going to be nasty and crazy. Um, when's the election? No, but next November? 20... No, I think it's got two more years. Two more, yeah, I guess he's... Uh, I think it's two more years. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's just the circus is just going to continue to roll. And uh, yeah, I don't think that it's going to... Um, it's just going to ramp things up even more. If, however, if it turns out that this is found to be that there was not what was alleged, that there was not collusion, there was not Russian involvement or not provable Russian involvement. I'll tell you something, uh, you will have after 675 days and all this money and everything else, you will have a president in the White House who feels now entirely, as I used the word before, emboldened because Mm -hmm. who, what member of the public is going to who may be wavering because you've already, you've got the diehard Democrats, you've got the diehard Republicans. If you're somewhere in the middle after this, if they don't find anything, well then why are we wasting our time on other things? There's just, yeah. it sounds like you, if this is, if there is some com- compelling evidence here 
then you will have people who will say, look, he's, he's illegitimate or he's illegal or whatever else. But if he's essentially cleared of this, I don't know what else you throw at him and have people go, oh yeah, for sure he did that. Never, because they're just going to keep pointing this. Say, look, yeah. you spent two years and got nothing. Yeah, if you don't, um, if he hasn't done enough already to make you dislike him or hate him or be against him, and and nothing comes out of this. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing. The guy's like Teflon. You know? the, there is one other thing though that I and I do worry about this, and I, I'm not the only one who's mentioned this before. I read a piece in a magazine just the other day, and I, I've talked about this, and I. I don't I don't want to say that I was a lone wolf on this one but I really do worry that some of the pieces are in place and some of the attitudes are in place and those kind of things for maybe not an American civil war I don't want to overstate the thing mm-hmm. but you're getting into some territory where the two sides can't agree on anything won't agree on anything and if this was to come out that either way, the side that doesn't have their side reflected, the side that doesn't get what they want out of this is going to be really angry. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, up here we've got our own stuff going on and there's... But it's uh, not violent. No. Or not rage. Yeah. Down there it's really, you know, it's... uh, I, I try to limit the amount of stuff that's in my Twitter feed because I sometimes I open it up and I feel like it's it's just uh need a bath afterwards. Yeah. But man oh man, yeah, is it like you're right, it's really just you can you can feel the the hatred and the you know, and it's just And I'm not saying this is gonna I'm not saying that my idea or my thought that this could lead to something bad is going to happen in the next month or two or three. Mm-hmm. But it the way things are going, where you've got these two sides dividing, where you've got such anger, you've got such distrust and dislike, and and if you try to, if someone tries to remove Donald Trump from office, there will be blowback. And if someone says he did nothing wrong here, there will be blowback. Mm-hmm. There's no peaceful end to this. Yeah, either way, it's... And when I say peaceful, I, I don't necessarily mean violence. There's no... no. There's no happy ending to this either way. No. You don't suddenly have an America that's going to hold hands and do hands across America like in 1985. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stand on the top of a mountain and sing, I want to teach the world to sing. <laughs> Buy everyone a Coke. I don't, I don't yeah. see that no, happening. It's not coming soon to a U.S. state near you. <laughs> Let's take a break. Back after this. Stay with us. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. So, Jay, interesting story this week, local story. Really, I found this to be a fascinating story and, and, and in the same time, a bit of a troubling story because of where things may go with this. And I'm, I'm building this next little bit of our conversation off a column that Andrew Dreschel wrote in The Spectator. The background of this is that Jeanette Smith has just been chosen as the new city manager for Hamilton. She is oh. now the top bureaucrat. She is going to be the first woman to hold the position. And... That you would say, ah, fantastic. We've got a well-qualified woman who is now taking this top bureaucratic job. That's a really good thing. We're opening the doors. Everybody's got opportunities. It shows everybody that we've got opportunities. All that is good. Here's the part that I wonder about. The process that was used, or at least along the way on the process to get to this point, There were people who were arguing that the committee that was doing the interviewing was too white and too male, 
and that it was too traditional and that women weren't going to have a shot and we need to have a more diverse group because we got to have, you know, we, why are we not having a woman as a city manager? And as Andrew points out, and I think there's a valid point in this one, it seems to me that when you start going down this path of publicly having this discussion and talking about diversity and talking about gender equality and all the rest is not a bad thing, but it seemed to me that you got to the point where the committee was in a bind, where they either had to hire a woman or they were going to get immense blowback, or if they do hire a woman, which they ultimately did, there are going to be lots of people saying, well, they had to hire a woman. She's now a token hiring because what were you going to do? You're honestly going to come back to council and say, we hired another guy. Mm-hmm. I think this was entirely unfair to Jeanette Smith. I think this is in, this entirely undermines her credibility as she comes in and takes over this job. I don't know her. I've never met her. I trust that she is very well qualified for this position, but I think that when you start doing this and, and churning the waters in this way and making it so that you almost have to do this or else, yeah, you may get the result you want, but what have you added to the mix that also complicates things? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's right. It's like stirring the tanks. It's you know what I mean. It's it's. Um, I, I think that it's unfair to her. It is. Yeah, and I and I don't know um, what her background is. Uh, I'm assuming she um, did uh, some great work uh, with the city. Uh, well, I'll tell you think. what, yeah, I'll tell you what she, um, she was at Peel region previously where she was the commissioner of public work. So she was, um, a, a very, very high ranking bureaucrat there. Okay. And again, by all accounts that I've been able to see a very competent, very qualified, eminently qualified person who, I don't know, maybe I am naive, but I think that if you have someone who has the qualifications in 2019, they're going to be seen as having the qualifications. What I want, you know, if I, if I have a company and, you know, we all pay enough municipal taxes, thank you very much. Um, what I want is for somebody to hire the right person the best for the person. job. Yeah, the, the best, best person. person for the job. Doesn't matter what color, doesn't matter what gender, doesn't matter what height or weight or yeah. interests or philosophies. It, yes. And I, I mean, I, am I being naive by thinking that in 2019, of course there's going to be times when that doesn't happen. We know that. We Like the world is not utopia. The world is not perfect. Yeah. But by and large, are we not doing that? By and large, some, feel free to let me know. Radley at 900chml.com. If you think that it's a sure thing that had this not come out there, that they would have hired a white guy, let me know. But here's the problem with that. Here's, or Jay, here's the issue with my point. If a white guy had been the best person for the job, and because of this pressure, we have now hired someone who wasn't, I'm not arguing that. I don't. I'm not suggesting that, mm. but if that was the case, are we doing ourselves favors? Are we doing her a favor? Are we helping women by then hiring someone who isn't the person who should be getting the job? You need to hire the, no, no, you have to, and, and, and women wouldn't want that either. They, you know, they, they wouldn't be, um, 
you know, if, if my wife was applying for a job and she was the fifth best candidate and the other four were, were men, you know, I, I don't think she would sit there and say, oh, you know what, uh, the, these these four people were way more qualified than me, but you should have hired me for the job. I, I don't think she would. I don't, you know, common sense says we all want the right person to be hired. But yeah, the problem is, like you said, is that, you know, they, <laughs> I don't think if they had hired a white guy for this, for this job, you know, there would have been a huge blowback yeah. after this has been created. And again, I want to stress, I am not right now saying that J- Jeanette Smith is not the best person for the job. I don't know her. I am. I trust. I am trusting that she is the best person for the job, and that's why she got it, mm-hmm. rather than the fact that she's a woman. Yeah. And that's what we want in this city and mm-hmm. in this province and everywhere else. If you are the most qualified person, and see here, here that's equality. Yeah. Equality is not saying we've got to hire a woman this time. <laughs> yeah. We have to. We ha- it has to be a woman. Or, or what if she's not most qualified? Doesn't matter. Has like, to, no, yeah. that's not equality. Do you want equality or do you, or do you want preferential treatment? You know, I get that there's been inequality. Uh, and, Agreed. And I also understand that I'm a white guy sitting here talking about that. And you, so are you. But it, do you want equality or do you want preferential treatment? And and I'm I'm happy that it worked out the way that it did and... Uh, hopefully we come to see that she's a great pick for the job. I don't know who else they they uh, they interviewed and considered, but uh, you know I uh, I hope that she was the best. I just candidate. hope that it hasn't. I hope that this has not undermined her credibility and her everything else before she even starts. Yeah, you're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. We talked about this earlier in the week. I had Alan Cross on here, music historian. Oh. Alan was on and we talked about Woodstock 50. Are you familiar with Wood? Did you hear about Woodstock 50? I heard that the uh, 50th anniversary is coming up. August 16, 17, uh, 16, 17, 18. They're having it at Watkins Glen at the racetrack there. Where they, where's that again? In upstate New oh, York. Oh yeah, where it was? Well, no, because no? they, so the story is that it was originally, the reason it's called Woodstock was it was supposed to be at Woodstock. Then they the last minute got moved out of there. I can't remember the reason why. Ended up in Bethel, New York at Max Yasger's farm because mm-hmm. he opened his farm to all this <laughs> last minute. And now they, they're not going back to Yasger's farm. They are going to, what, uh, to, uh, what did I just say? Um, Watkins Glen. Yeah. But I'm looking at this list and I talked to Alan Cross about this and I just, I, I don't get this. I, I understand. And Alan made a great point. He goes, and, and Alan's usually a very deep guy and a very insightful guy. Mm-hmm. This may have been that, but it also was the well duh moment of the day. And he goes, it's money. It's a big money thing. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I, I yeah, I understand that, yeah. but I don't get this. Because the whole Woodstock concept, the ethos, the everything was supposed to be, it's even called this, peace and love and music and purity and all that. Not raw capitalism and let's see how many kids we can separate from their bucks. But that's what it looks like. (laughs) I I mean, do you get it? Well, I, who's, first of all, I was going to say who's playing it. Like who are the big people? Because I I didn't even hear that. The the big people? See, this is the, this is tricky too. Uh, Miley Cyrus, does she count as big person? Yeah. yeah. If she's topless, I suppose. (laughs) Uh, John Fogarty, who he's got to be 80 now. Oh yeah, he's. 
which I mean, and now and here's part of the funny as I go through the list. I won't go through the whole list. You've got Miley Cyrus, who I'm not sure who she appeals to, but it's a young audience. Yeah. John Fogarty, who I don't know that the young audience has ever heard his music no. before. Um, uh, Akon, I've heard of Akon. Yeah. Uh, Chance the Rapper. You ever heard of Chance the Rapper? I have, but makes I, me I think of Chauncey Gardner. Couldn't, couldn't name a song of his. But then there's some of the great names: Soccer Mummy, um, Nashco, and Medicine for the People. Heard of them? No. Country Joe McDonald. And it's mm-hmm. one, two, three. What are we fighting for? That was the one that from him? Woodstock. Yeah, that'll be him. Uh, Courtney Hadwin. She was on America's Got Talent. She's uh, anyone who watched America's Got Talent will know her. She's like a fourteen-year-old Janis Joplin okay. wannabe. Amigo of the Desert. Liz Brasher. Hot tuna. Some names I'm not allowed to say on the air. Earl Sweatshirt. These. This sounds pretty awful. Well, it sounds now. See, here's the thing. You are 39. Yeah. I'm older than that. Will, who's on the other side of the glass, is less than that. <laughs> this is clearly, it seems, not a Woodstock 50 for... Now, I'm I'm too young to have been at Woodstock. I was mm. two years old when it was on. Okay. <laughs> the original time. But it's not for me, clearly, unless I want to go see and sing along with Country Joe McDonald for one song. Yeah. I don't know if it's for you. Will, would you say this is for you? Is this falling into, the, are all these bands in your wheelhouse? Uh, some of these bands are for a younger set than even myself. But yeah, mo- I, I've known a good portion of the bands you're listening uh, listing there. And I would say it's closer to my age range, yeah. Greta Van Vliet will be there. I like Greta Van Vliet. They're very good. A and new, you know what? great rock band. You made the point before, Scott, that this... Imagine Dragons. Jay-Z. Yeah. Uh, if they're trying to bridge the gap, then Greta Van Vliet's a very good one for that because they're guys younger than me I think who try to play like old school stuff that would have been at Woodstock I think I think it is I think you were saying that before they're trying to bring everyone together I, I just don't know who is the who who is going to go I don't know who this is going to appeal to yeah because you know if you're trying to cover all the bases I don't think you cover any bases yeah it, it's just too broad and and watered down, right? And, and to, I don't know. Like you, At the first Woodstock, did they have any 75-year-old guys playing? I Yeah, probably not. And I think when you tried it, the beauty of this thing is, or thing was, was this, you know, the originality of it and all that. When you try to reincarnate it, it just becomes a mess of, now, yeah, it's like, who who are you catering to, right? Somebody who's 20 or somebody who's 70? And and what I said to Alan, and this this is the part, leaving aside the lineup, I mean, who cares? I, again, I've never heard of, and I feel badly about this, I feel old now, I've never heard of at least half of the people on mm-hmm. this lineup. That, to me, is less the issue than why do you have to try to replicate a moment? Yeah. Woodstock, for thing. better or for worse, Woodstock is seen as a moment, as a as a bellwether or a, a, a signature moment for a group of people for a generation why can't we just let them have that moment and say yeah. hey we're going to do something else that's really cool mm-hmm. so that we have a moment yeah I don't get it there's no creativity it seems do we need to relive SARS stock he mentioned that one did he and he's and Alan said that and he goes we've never tried to do that again we are we're fine with letting that be that moment yeah yeah ACDC stealing the show. Yeah, you know? I, think back. I mean, Woodstock to me is one of those moments you could probably think of ten or twelve or fifteen 
of those things where you say, those were the moments in my life that I really, if you were old enough, I remember. Yeah. We're not going to try and reenact a presidential assassination, no. hopefully. <laughs> uh, we may someday go back to the moon, but I don't know that it ever is. It can't be like it was with Neil Armstrong. Do something different. Do something new. Do yeah. something that's your generation, not yeah. just trying to latch on. I, yeah. I, I find I almost find it sad in a yeah. way. Yeah. Well, you know, and yeah, sooner or later we'll have uh, Woodstock 100. Well, no. What's the one? The uh, the one that was in the Bohemian Rhapsody movie. The 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 big concert. Oh, Live Aid. Live. We'll have Live Aid. Well, what? we did. We had Live Eight. Remember? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Unique. Yeah. Your own idea. It's fine. It's it's good to come up with something new just yep. occasionally. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Jay, there was a, um, the, the conclusion to a terribly, terribly sad story today. Of course, the sentencing for the Humboldt Broncos bus crash, the bus dri- the uh, truck driver sentenced today to eight years in prison. When you heard that, is that a number that is high, low, right on the money? Where do you stand on that one? <laughs> that is a number that is low. You think so? Yeah, I, um, I'm just hearing that for the first time now. Uh, was uh, busy with my kids this afternoon. Um, yeah, so my first instinct was, wow, that's eight years. That's eight years for sixteen lives. Yeah, it, it does sound on its face like it is low. Mm-hmm. The only reason, and I'm not, I don't have a problem with the with the amount. Uh, I don't think it should have been a lot lower. The only reason I would say, wait, 16 people died, why doesn't he get higher, is because it wasn't 16 separate incidents. It was one mm. thing that happened. It had terrible results. It had horrendous results, but it was one infraction that led to all these deaths. If this had been multiple accidents or multiple behaviors, I would have said, okay, that's way, way, way too low. Or if it had been intentional or malicious. If you, if I had gone out, if I had set out to kill you and I did, and then I got that kind of time, that's ridiculous. This one, this is a tricky one. This is a really tricky one because, and we've talked about this on the show before, can you, and I, I, I will say that I can't, can you look into the microphone, look at the people who you're talking to and say, never in your life have you ever run a stop sign or a red light? Uh, no, I, uh, I, I can't say that I have never done that. I think everybody who's driven for any period of time, inadvertently you lose your concentration, whatever, for a moment and suddenly you've gone through that stop sign and you know, the, the old cliche, the phrase, but for the grace of God, go on. I mean, if there is a car there that's crossing at the same time with a family in it, that's you. Yeah. Like you, it's... It's funny sometimes you, um, you reach for something on the seat or you, you know what I mean? Your nose is running. So you, you just, for a sec, you reach over to grab a Kleenex and then you realize, Hey, I'm driving through a crosswalk and you think to yourself, it's a good thing. Nobody was, you know, when I was in grade, probably grade six or grade seven, I don't remember exactly. I was young. There was a kid at our school who was leaving school at the end of the day and there was a bend in the road and the bend turned to the left. So the driver is coming along and he had to veer to the left. There was a bee in the cab of his car or truck mm-hmm. or whatever it was. And he was distracted and didn't make the veer and went straight and hit one of the students at the school uh-huh. and killed him. Yeah. 
And I guarantee you that that driver, when he left home that day, didn't think, I'm going to be a maniac. I'm going to be a jerk on the road. I'm going to... He was wrong. Yeah. He lost his concentration. And when you're behind the wheel of the car, he was wrong. But it was not a malicious act that he did. And so with this one, I'm not, I'm not going to argue that eight years was too heavy because there is a penalty to pay for all those lives that is lost. And then just for the, you know, you have to, but at the same token, you know, the, I heard people today say he should have got 30 years. It's mm. like, I, um, Did he have a chance to explain? I don't know what if happened? he spoke in court today. I don't know if he did. I know. Well, here's the thing. He pleaded guilty on basically the first opportunity and admitted his guilt and mm-hmm. didn't put up a fight and didn't have a trial and didn't make anybody yeah. have to go through that, which showed remorse. At least that's typically how that's perceived within the courts, that if yeah. you do that, that's remorse. Uh, yeah, whether you're on your phone, whether you fall asleep, whether you you just decide, I'm not going to stop this time. And even now being on your phone, I would think would be a different scenario because we've got so much stuff going on now telling us, don't be tweeting, don't be on your phone. Yeah. It's against the... The, if, for people who don't remember, and I'm sure most do, the story was that he had a tarp on the back of the truck that had come loose and was flapping and he was looking in his rear view mirror or something and got mm. or, and wasn't really paying as close attention as he should have and blew yeah. the stop sign and hit the bus. The, the, and when I say funny, not funny as in hilarious funny, funny as in ironic funny mm. thing is, had that humble bus not been going through the intersection at that moment, he would have made it all the way. He would have gone home and at the end of the day and nothing would have happened and yeah. we would have. Ne- and so, so it's not that he, it's not that he ran the stop sign that made this a story. It was that he ran the stop sign at the exact moment someone else happened to be coming. There was, whether you call it fate or bad luck or yeah. whatever, it was. So let me go back to something that I have, I, I have had this, I've, this has been a burr in my saddle now for a long time. Again, not arguing that the Humboldt guy should have got off with any kind of scot-free. Even though it was just an accident, not a malicious thing, there are prices to be paid for behavior. Last night, Sergeant Kerry Schmidt from the OPP, if you're on Twitter or if you watch the news, you always see Sergeant Kerry Schmidt who's Mm. sending stuff out, sends out a tweet with a photo of a police officer. I don't know if it was him, but a police officer's radar gun showing that a 19-year-old young man from Oakville was pulled over on the 403 in Mississauga, where apparently this is the only place this happens. It's always in this area. (laughs) Going 254 kilometers an hour. I read that that is uh, takeoff speed for a jet airliner. It is, okay. It's also speed that there is zero chance that if someone changes lanes in front of this guy, if a Anything else happens if the road, if they break up in front of him, no chance he can stop. No. No chance. And so I'm, I'm going back to the point that I made before and I'm going to reiterate it because I think today with the Humboldt thing, it's worth mentioning again. I don't have a problem with the guy from Humboldt getting eight years because of what happened and because of the loss of life. It's, mm-hmm. I think it's stiff, but I'm, I'm okay with it. But he didn't do anything malicious and it was an accident. This kid did something malicious. If you're driving, you don't accidentally get up to 254 no. kilometers an hour. Yeah. 
He knew what he was doing. He knew he was risking people's lives. He knew he was putting his and other people's lives at risk. And if he gets convicted, he's charged with stunt driving, I think. He'll maybe lose his license for a year, get a fine. Mm -hmm. That, to me, is, on this end of it, wildly unacceptable. Yeah, that is... And again, the difference between, um, you know, it being an accident and, and, and doing something on purpose. And when you're driving a BMW um, late at night when there's less traffic and you, you know, knowingly get it up to 254 kilometers an hour, knowing full well that anything over 150 and you're car is getting seized, but you're going to go another hundred over that. I mean that, yeah, like you said, that has the potential to, to be catastrophic in terms of, because he's, you can't control a vehicle at that speed. If he hits a wrong bump, if he hits a spe- uh, like a, a pothole or anything, I mean, you are launched. Yeah. And, and that is the sp- kind of thing that if I, if I was on the highway, um, that would make me want to go after the guy, get, drag him out of the car, and beat the crap out of him. Except we couldn't catch him. At least right. not, yours yeah. and my car wouldn't go that <laughs> yeah, fast exactly. together. Yeah. We could put our both engines in the car and wouldn't yeah. go that fast. No, I, I, there, to me, this is an area of the law, and it's not the police officer's fault, and it's not anyone else's fault. It's uh, something that a government is going to have to address. This is an area of the law that should come with way stiffer penalties. Mm-hmm. Way, and uh, I don't even think stiff is the right word, way harsher penalties. If you're, if you are pulled over going over a hundred, let's just come up with a, a line of a hundred kilometers over the limit, which I think is more than enough leeway for you to say that was not an oopsie. Because yeah. we've all, we've all yeah. driven along and somehow you get 25 over oh, the limit yeah. and you're like, oh, yeah. how did I get going? Yeah. 25, you can somehow get pulled into traffic. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. A hundred kilometers over. There's no accident. No. If you are caught going over a hundred, to me, you should have your license taken away forever yep. and a few years in jail. And I have no qualms about saying that. Yeah, I'm on board with that. Yeah, there's no place, there's no place for that kind of driving out there. It's too, there's too many people on the road. There's too many families that the, the implications of something like that, if, you know, if you want to drive your car that fast, then there's probably, you know, I don't know, get into amateur racing or something like that. Except but, mom or dad probably wouldn't let you drive the Beamer right. around the track because you might bust it up. Yeah. <laughs> I have, I'm, I guarantee you that this 19 year old, first of all, probably not his car probably mom or dad's car, and didn't tell them he was going to be doing this when he took the car out for a drive. Did you, my dad was just abs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, I, would I know be exactly a, what you hood, mean. I would be a hood ornament on that thing. When they towed it back to his driveway, he would have pounded me into the front of that hood. If I, I was 19, I'm thinking back to when I was 19, and my yeah. dad, my mom and dad listened to the show a lot. They may be listening right now. Yeah. If I was 19 and I had been brought or a cop had come to my parents' house and said, by the way, your son is in the clink right now because he was driving 254 kilometers. When they, if they bailed me out, I would still be grounded today. I <laughs> yeah. would, oh, yeah. I would have yeah. never seen the outside of that nope. house nope. and, and rightly so. And rightly so. Yeah. But and, I mean, we're sort of making light of this. It's not at all because here's the, the difference. Eight years, the guy in Humboldt gets, again, in case anyone thinks that we're somehow 
being sympathetic or soft or whatever. No, no. Eight years. I'm okay with eight years for that. Mm-hmm. But that was an accident. That was a moment of lack of concentration, which apparently otherwise he was dr- behaving like a citizen, behaving like a proper citizen. Yeah. This kid is going 254 kilometers an hour over, only didn't kill somebody by good luck, and will get nothing, basically. Nothing significant for mm-hmm. this. That's wrong. Unless they can take a look at it and can they can they make some harsher penalties up? I mean, because it, it, it goes before a judge. Yeah, but, he'll, but the maximum, I mean, he's not going to get, I, I would be shocked if he got jail time. Mm-hmm. He'll get a fine. His insurance will be insane. But if he's driving a BMW, he probably can afford it anyway. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even if it's you were the, to... It's the Highway Traffic Act, right? As opposed to criminal code? Again, if, if you were to take a bar that is high enough that there's no chance that someone is going to be able to say it was unfair, mm-hmm. but if you have eclipsed the speed limit by a hundred kilometers an hour, it seems to me that should no longer be a highway traffic act thing. That should be a criminal yeah. code thing mm-hmm. with significant penalties. Absolutely. And, and just in case, we've got to go to break, just in case anyone thinks... You guys are talking about this, but it doesn't happen very often. Why are you wasting all your breath on this one? Well, let me just tell you about another text that Kerry Schmidt sent out today. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the GTA this year, now, I mm, I don't know if he means in the past 12 months or since the beginning of 2019, so I can't okay. speak to that. But let, let's, let's give the benefit of the doubt and say it's 12 months mm-hmm. in the past. There are... 450 street racing charges in the GTA. Yeah. I'm hoping that's in 12 months, no, not in... Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb, having been a, a, the police beat reporter before, and, and I know how police like to release these things, and I have a feeling that that's just 2019. 450. They, put, they probably get five or 10 of these guys a night. Well, he says, uh, well, yeah, we can, um, yeah, six cars a day. So you'd be right. Yeah. It would be just for this yeah. year. Six cars. So six and street racing is for, not for speeding. It's for really excessive speeding. Yeah. And there may, I'd have to check. There may even be a technical line, like we talked about a certain number of kilometers an hour mm-hmm. over the limit, but you're talking about someone who is driving, not just fast, but maniacally fast. Mm-hmm. Clearly something, it's not like it's one or two people. Something needs to be done that would tell people, you know what? Driving this fast is just not okay. Yeah. 50 over the limit and they'll, uh, that's, they get you for the street racing, I, I believe. Yeah, well, so maybe it's time for instead of 50 over the limit for speed racing is 50 over the limit. And as I say, you're in jail for a year and then every five kilometers after that, you get another month. Yeah. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Jay, let me ask you the question that has been puzzling me now for several days. There's a lot of questions that puzzle me, but this one in particular. (laughs) We've been following this SNC-Lavalin story for weeks and weeks and weeks now. We all know about this thing. We're not going to dive into the details of the story. People know it. They are interested or they're not interested. Whatever. That's... We may get back into that later, but there was an interesting interview that Jane Philpott gave to McLean's magazine. She was the one who stepped down uh, from the cabinet. And she gave an interview to McLean's magazine this week saying 
There's a lot more to know about SNC Lavalin. We should allow Judy Wilson Raybould or Jody Wilson Raybould to speak. Uh, the stuff going on here, the stuff you don't know about, and she went on and on, and she absolutely hammered Justin Trudeau and the government. Here's what I don't understand. She and Jody Wilson-Raybould, who have both taken a stand on principle to step down from their cabinet positions, are both saying they are running as liberals in the next election. And meanwhile, they are both torching their own party all the way up to the election. What am I missing here? If you are this offended by what your government did, should you not be running for another party or as an independent yeah. And if you're not that offended by what they did that you can stick around, then why are you flaming them left, right, and center? Well, that, yeah, that, that doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, yeah, if you want to, I get that you still have constituents and you still want to, you know, uh, represent your riding and all that stuff. But you, how can you, you know, fly the, uh, the company, you know, the party banner if you're, if you're going to be torching them like that? Like that doesn't make sense. If you're saying that they are dishonorable and dishonest and did wrong things and you keep saying this over and over how do you affiliate how do you affix yourself to that i i just th- I don't, yeah if you knew sense. your boss was doing something illegal mm-hmm. and you told the world oh my boss is doing this that's illegal well are you gonna quit no <laughs> i'm gonna i want to work for him again yeah like it doesn't yeah that that is bizarre i don't know what what the strategy is there is is she is she hoping that you know Trudeau gets ticked off enough that he'll just say you know uh, I'm str- I'm strip can he can he strip her of the the oh he can kick her out of caucus yeah I I mean a lot of people have thought and she adamantly denied this in the McLean's article a lot of people have said is do you have leadership aspirations kind of is this is the the motivation uh. behind this. Let's make Justin Trudeau look so bad that he is that the liberal support goes down. He decides he's not going to run again because he's unelectable. And dun da da da, in comes Philpot or yeah. Wilson Raybould as the party leader and rides you into victory. She adamantly denies that. Now, do you believe it? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Joan Wilson Raybould gonna... said she was a truth teller, so we have to believe, I guess, that yeah. she. But I don't know. I, I, it's so mysterious to me because I just, I understand someone who wants to be honest and wants to be transparent and wants to tell people the truth and all that kind of stuff. But if your party is being so bad behind the scenes, doing so much bad stuff, why do you want to still be with them? And why do you want to run with, because you know what's going to happen if she does run, assuming they do run again in the election. The way this thing works is over the course of the election, the prime minister will come to their riding at some point. He sh- they're going to have to stand shoulder to shoulder <laughs> with the guy that they are dumping under the bus day yeah. after day. Yeah. I mean, unless she thinks that if she leaves, uh, you know, switches parties, that her constituents won't, you know, they, they, she won't get voted back in. You know, is it a self-preservation thing? Maybe. Maybe, I mean, she doesn't even, have to, doesn't even have to switch to the Conservatives or the NDP. She could run as an independent and yeah. then, now to your point, if that happened and then down the road, let's say Trudeau loses the next election. I still think he's going to win it, but let's say he loses the next election. Does the party welcome her back with open arms if she's left or are they saying, good riddance, you you did this to us, don't come back to us? I mean, if, yeah, if you're if you're 
badgering them enough. Like, there's yeah, they, why would they take her back? It, it <laughs> it's a weird. It's a that is a. Uh, yeah, I can see why that's a question that's been uh, on your mind for several it, days. I, I just they seem to have taken on the face of it anyway. They seem to have taken this strong, principled stand. We can't remain in cabinet because of the bad things that we think you've done. And everybody has applauded them and said, wait, you know, that, that is amazing that you would stand, stand down from your lofty position on that point of principle. Mm-hmm. But then they seem to just go completely against that by saying, but I'm going to stick around and collect my paycheck and yeah. all the rest of it. I, so I don't know. I don't know whether these are the two most principled women in the world or whether they are playing us somehow in some weird way that no one has figured out yet. <laughs> well, they're keeping you up at night, right? <laughs> well, I, I haven't lost any sleep okay. over this. I, I, have, I haven't good. laid in bed thinking about Jody Wilson-Raybould oh. for all, you know, that. Yeah. don't do that anyway. But no, um, no I, I'm... I, I just don't know. I just, I, I, it's a, it's a complete baffler to me and I would, yeah. I'm waiting. See, I, I don't believe that part that she says. I do believe that if there was to be a problem at the top of the leadership, that she would be, if not the first name into running or both of them would, mm-hmm. then they'd be right, they'd right, be right there, there. That yeah. there would be, they would be in any leadership convention and that the, headline on all their material would be about how principled they were and how they were trustworthy and how they didn't just fight for the party. They fought for what was right. That, you know, that's exactly what they'll be. Mm-hmm. You know, we're liberals, yep. but we are not liberals blindly. We all, you know, we want yeah. the party to do the right thing. I just don't know how you run for that party. If the guy that you're saying has led you into dangerous and improper territory is still at the f- head of that party. It's like, well, it's like in the States, I I don't, you know, there's Democrats and there's Republicans, but then, then there's Donald Trump. And I, I mean, I don't think you could sit there and ask Republican Democrats and say, Hey, look, like, you know, guys like Reagan and, you know, were they, were they this, this, the worst people ever to, to, to run the country? They would probably say no. You know, and, and so some, yeah, some would. Um, so, yeah, just with, I don't know, with with her. Yeah, I, I just think I lost my train of thought there. No, it, well, the whole <laughs> thing. I went south of the border. The, that's the what whole happens. thing makes you lose your train of thought. Oh, yeah. I, it's it's a it's an interesting one. And look, anyone who's got a theory of this, I'd love to hear a good theory, because I don't understand it at all. I don't understand it at all. I don't understand how you are so principled that you have to step down from your job, but not so principled that you have to step down from the party when it's the party's behavior that caused you to step down from your job. If Mm -hmm. you've got a theory, radley at 900chml.com, R-A-D-L-E-Y, radley at 900chml.com, I would love to hear it because right now I'm just very puzzled. Yeah. Anyway. I, I think what I was getting at is there's Republicans... You know, who are Republican in politics, but, you know, a, a lot of them, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around how they can continue to, you know, hold, you know, keep their positions with the leader that they have. I mean, he just, the, in just the way he is and everything he says and just, you know. I think the answer to that simply is that 
politics in the states, especially it's getting like this here too, but politics in the states is so divided now mm-hmm. that if you are a Democrat now, it wouldn't matter if Ronald Reagan came back from the dead and who won 49 states when he won re-election once upon a time, you could not, you just can't vote for that person because he's a Republican. And it doesn't matter who the Democrats put up on the ballot. You cannot, if you're a Republican, vote for a Democrat. So it doesn't matter if the person, man or woman, is a good candidate, is a bad candidate. You could put up Attila the Hun and... Whichever party had put him as or her as the candidate, that's who you're <laughs> going to vote for. Yep. So, but I don't. I I like to believe we're not quite there yet. Well, yeah. Yeah. I like to believe, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play and listen to the Scott Radley Show weeknights from six to eight on nine hundred CHML. The Scott Radley Show podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Radley. Thanks again for listening, and do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You will never miss an episode. And also, be sure you rate us and review us. Whatever you think of us, we'll take it. Thanks for listening.